0: And you can get an extra three months free. ExpressVPN.com slash slash film.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to SlashFilm Daily for Thursday, February 28th, 2019. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. This is SlashFilm Editor-in-Chief, Peter Soretta. And joining me on today's podcast is SlashFilm Senior Writer, Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? And Writer, Chris Evangelista. Hi. It's the last day of February, guys. We're already at March. Isn't that kind of insane? Yes. Yes. Uh, let's, let's dive into the news. Uh, a lot has happened since the last time we talked to you. We recorded the podcast uh, yesterday morning, and a lot of stuff hit yesterday afternoon. And uh, one of those things was we learned who is in line to become the villain in the next James Bond movie. Ben, tell us about it.
0: Yes. So according to Collider, Rami Malek, who just won an Oscar this past weekend for playing Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody, is uh, going to be your new Bond villain in the still-untitled Bond 25. So um, Daniel Craig's returning to play James Bond one more time, and now this new report says that uh, Rami Malek is going to be the official villain. Um, uh, I guess there were some scheduling questions about whether or not he could film the next season of Mr. Robot and this movie, but those... Scheduling issues have been resolved, and it looks like uh, it's going to be Craig V. Malik in uh, <laughs> in Bond twenty five.
1: So, will he be wearing the the extra set of teeth for this one? God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris, do you have any uh, thoughts on uh, Rami Malek being a Bond villain? You know, I think Rami Malik is a
2: good actor, and I was really into him as an actor before this bohemian rhapsody <laughs> thing and then ever since then i've just been like ugh, i don't want to see him for like a few years
1: so I, i've soured on him but there is something super weird about him like there's something um he's he has a very like
2: otherworldly quality he has like a very hypnotic sort of voice and so I, I do think he could probably play someone creepy if he he leans into that i don't think he's ever really played like a, a villain before so that what might be interesting
1: and I feel like it really fits like the Bond villains. They always have like something a little a little off um about them. Yeah, and and,
0: and Christoph Waltz won an Oscar and then ended up playing a Bond villain, uh, and now it looks like Rami Malik's gonna be doing the same thing. I just I, I, I find it hard to believe that Daniel Craig could be threatened by Rami Malik in any way. So maybe it'll be <laughs> he'll be more of like a a, a tech centric villain or something, but I cause I can't really see those two like trading
1: punches and Rami Malik coming out on top in any given scenario yeah I feel like he's gonna be more of like the guy the, the kingpin that's like orchestrating the whole thing from behind the computer I mean maybe yeah. that's just because I watch too much mr robot but <laughs> uh yeah okay uh let's move on to suicide squad 2 they have lost uh probably the second best cast member from the original film Chris tell us about it Oh uh, yes, the first being um, Slipknot, the man who can climb everything.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I was saying so, Margot
1: Robbie, but
2: oh, all right, I I see now. Um, so Will Smith, who played Deadshot in uh, Suicide Squad, uh, is officially out of the sequel, which is kind of interesting because they they never really said he was officially in to begin with. But if there was any doubt about it, now it's all cleared up. He is not going to be. In Suicide Squad from director James Gunn. Um, the reasoning is, is uh, chalked up to scheduling difficulties. So I'm not really sure what that is. I mean, he's shooting Bad Boys Three right now, and Suicide Squad starts shooting in the fall. But I can't imagine there's going to be much overlap there. But maybe like prep time or whatever. Maybe he just doesn't have enough time to get ready for the the complicated role of Deadshot. So he's he's out and. Now we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if they're going to recast Deadshot, if they're just going to cut Deadshot entirely from the film. But whatever happens, Will Smith will not be in Suicide Squad 2.
1: Like, am I wrong? Like, Is he one of the best parts of that movie? I mean, it was an otherwise bad movie, but I feel like him and Margot Robbie were the only things I really kind of liked about that film. Yeah,
2: I, I do think, um, even though that movie is awful, I do think he gives uh, as good a performance as he can With the material, so he, you know, uh, let's put it this way of all the problems in Suicide Squad, he is not one of them.
1: Ben, what do you think they're going to do? Do you think they'll replace Deadshot with like another actor, or like, like, what are they gonna? Are they just going to explain he's off somewhere living his life? I feel like I don't, I'm wondering if they're just not going to mention any of the
0: previous people. And because the idea of Suicide Squad is that it's a team, so technically, that name could apply to any grouping of individuals. Um, so maybe James Gunn has something up his sleeve where he's planning on just bringing in totally different characters to be a new version of the Suicide Squad. That's that's what I would guess because otherwise uh, it, it seems like it would it would slow the movie down too much or feel unnecessary to address characters who aren't there. And maybe it would confuse people especially since the title was supposed to be The Suicide Squad <laughs> and the other one is is just Suicide Squad so there's already going to be some confusion going on I think so they would probably do well to uh, try to limit as much confusion as possible all the way
1: around yeah when this was first announced or you know reported by the trades I had heard that James Gunn's version was a complete reboot with new actors and stuff and then then we heard differently and now we're hearing you know this Will Smith news that he's not involved i'm wondering if that was like just a um th- the news that it was going to be a sequel of some kind and feature these these actors reprising the roles if that was even t- true at all in the first place i don't know um okay let's move on to a netflix show uh they have announced today that they are going to be making a new version of the babysitters club this is something i Really have no uh, experience with. I know that these books were all over my like, you know, school as a kid. And I also remember there was like a TV show on like the Disney Channel or something. Ben, what is going on here?
0: Yeah, so the babies, uh, Babysitter's Club is a, a massive, massive property. There are like over 200 books in these uh, in the series, and I think they've sold something like over 180 million copies. But anybody who grew up in the 1990s probably is very familiar with it. Even if you didn't read any of those books, as you mentioned, there was a, a TV show already. That actually was on HBO, and it only had one season, but then it got picked up and, and aired in syndication from, like, 94 to 97 on Nickelodeon and the Disney Channel, which is, like, prime 90s kid time yeah. slots right there. So um there was also a movie in 1995 with a, a separate cast. So um, I'm i guessing... I feel like
1: back in the day, I, I wrote that off as, you know, Young Pete wrote that off as, like, oh, that's a girl show. I'm not going to watch that. But I feel like nowadays things like, um you know, Riverdale... Um, Which I think if you had come out with that back in the 90s, it it could have been written off as the same kind of thing is uh, appealing to both both aisles of the sexes.
0: Yeah, and and we were, you know, my that was my first thought about this was, oh, a Babysitters Club show is coming to Netflix. I wonder if they're going to give it the Riverdale treatment. But apparently, that's not the case because this press release talking about the show specifies that this is going to be a family-friendly adaptation of of the book series. So it's not necessarily going to be like a dark, sexy riff on the original formula of these girls who who team up to form a, a babysitting company. So uh, Rachel Shukert, who is a um, a writer producer on Glow, is going to serve as the showrunner for the show and then um lucia analo who directed a bunch of episodes of broad city and the movie rough night a couple years ago is uh, directing and executive producing as well
1: well i like glow uh i'm not sure if the, this is i mean it's weird like netflix comes out with so much original content but the the big narrative shows i i, I seem to give most of them a chance i'll watch at least one episode it, 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 ben do you do that as well or like is are you more picky
0: I'm I'm way more picky, um, but I I'm inspired by your optimism, Peter. I'm always <laughs> I, I always appreciate the, yeah. uh, the optimistic outlook. So um, maybe we can apply that to this as well.
1: You know, I didn't mention this on the water cooler, but Netflix this week came out with this like dating around reality series or dating something dating something reality series. And that was like their big new release of last week, and I I tried watching the first episode of that, and I got like ten minutes in before I was like, this is. This is just bad. Um okay. Uh let's uh, and and Chris, I'm assuming that you have no interest in babysitters club. Uh yeah, probably not. <laughs> but something you do have interest in is a movie about the Viewmaster toy that we had as, we had as kids, right?
2: Oh yes, I who who wouldn't be interested in this? Uh MGM and Mattel are teaming up to make a Viewmaster movie. Viewmaster is of course uh, the toy that is a pair of big red plastic goggles, and you put a, a photo disc in the goggles, and you spin the disc, and you can look at uh, 3D images. Um, <laughs> by the way,
1: as a kid, this was, for me, this was super cool because when you look at these images, like it was actually, it looked like it was in 3D, and they're like the light goes through the back of the, the film and like kind of, uh, you know brightens it up and it, it's very vivid and you see the three dimensions I, I guess it's probably what kids are experiencing today with vr <laughs> but yeah in my childhood it was, it was pretty cool but a movie
2: yeah i don't know there's no details on what the movie is about uh the, the official release doesn't even mention plot it just talks about how everyone loves you master and this is going to be great. And they, you know, they don't say what the, the story is going to be. And weirdly enough, this is not the first time someone has tried to make a Viewmaster master movie. Uh, back in 2009, DreamWorks was trying to make a Viewmaster movie and they had uh, Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orci, uh or however I say his name, trying to write the script back when they were the hot screenwriting team at the time. And, uh obviously as we all know that that did not happen so yeah and someone the, someone uh, in hollywood really wants a viewmaster movie
1: well that was also a time right after avatar that 3d had exploded uh in, in the multiplex so i think people were well, you know when you know, when you think of 3d a lot of us that grew up in the 80s or 70s uh, i think think of the viewmaster and like maybe there was something to that maybe there was like a movie that, like, you know, like the, the people, you know, use the Viewmaster to enter some kind of world, and then all of a sudden you got to put on your, like, Viewmaster-style 3D glasses. Um, you know, maybe it's partially 2D and partially 3D. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming that's what they were going for then. And I, I think that was also after the success of Transformers. But nowadays, you know, with the Lego movie being such a success, I feel like, you know, they're making uh, Play-Doh movies and... Funko pop movies. They're making movies of anything like, you know, the success Lord and Miller. Uh, I love them, but uh, I feel like <laughs> they, they've they uh, kind of uh, given Hollywood a lot of bad ideas here. Uh, ben, d- do you think a viewfinder movie could, could even work? I mean, it's so uh, like the,
0: you know, for something like Lego, there's like a story that's inherently baked into it, right? Like the, you, you form Different types of uh, locations or characters or lands or environments with the toy.
1: But the viewmaster, viewmaster you put it up to your eyes and you're transported into another <laughs> 3D world.
0: I guess. So what is it? Somebody gets sucked into a viewfinder, like a kid is searching through an antique shop and picks one up off the shelf and gets sucked into it, and then it's just yeah, Jumanji
1: he, he, again. Like he, what? He, he buys it at that antique shop from Back to the Future too but um (laughs) where you can buy all the 80s um memorabilia um yeah i mean i guess that's what it is chris is there any any screenwriter attached to this uh no there's there's no one there's
2: (laughs) I, i i don't i don't think they even have a plot i literally just think they were like well viewmaster let's do that that's something we can do and now they're gonna do it
1: okay So, this is a long ways out. Um, I'm sure we'll hear more eventually. They're probably taking meetings right now with screenwriters, uh, you know, trying to hear their pitches for Viewmaster Film. Uh, I'm not going to completely write it off as much as Chris is. Although, you did put in your headline that it'll probably win a Best Picture someday. (laughs) I think that was a joke, though, right?
2: Oh, I was 100% serious. It's going to win.
1: (laughs) I, I mean... I mean, if Green Book, I mean, (laughs) okay, let's move on to Disney. Let's talk about Disney. Uh, There was it was revealed yesterday that they, you know, since buying Fox, they have already acquired a majority stake in Hulu. And now they're trying to acquire uh, Warner Warner Media's 10 percent stake. Ben, what do we know?
0: Yeah, so right now, technically, Disney owns 30% of Hulu and Fox owns 30% uh, as soon as the Disney-Fox deal officially goes through, which technically hasn't happened yet, but is, is apparently only days away from actually you know, being fully finalized. Disney is going to own 60% of Hulu. Uh, Warner Media owns 10% right now, and Disney is currently in active discussions to acquire that 10% stake. So basically what this means is Disney is is going to be using Hulu as a home for programming that is aimed at adults. We know that Disney Plus is coming up later this year. That is going to have mostly family-friendly stuff. There's going to be some Star Wars and Marvel stuff on there as well. But um, that's going to be like the Disney-branded stuff that that protects the brand that they've been building for decades. Uh, Hulu, on the other hand, will be a place where they can put you know, some stuff that may be a little bit more quote unquote edgy. Yeah. Uh, and that will allow them to sort of spread their digital wings further across the internet and, and you know, build um, more subscribers <laughs> and, and but, you know, increase their business all across the world.
1: But I think we already kind of assumed that and know, knew that. So, like, what is them owning 10% more of Hulu mean?
0: Well, I think they're also actually, they, they've been talking about, or or, I guess floated the idea of buying out Comcast's share as well. Uh, And Comcast would own the remaining 30%. So it looks like Disney, you know, ultimately wants to own the entirety of Hulu. Um, I'm guessing that since Warner Brothers also, or Warner Media, is about to launch their new streaming service, uh, and they only own 10% of Hulu right now, I'm guessing they, they would rather just, cut ties with Hulu because they know that Disney is going to be a majority owner anyway and devote their energy to their own streaming service and not really, you know, have two fingers in two different pies. Um, why does Disney want all of Hulu? I don't know. And Maybe it's just something as simple as like they, you know, by owning the entire company, they won't have to. Um, And pass decisions through board members or or a a board that might have members that have differing visions or something like that. You know, uh, none of that information is actually available publicly. Um, So we're just forced to speculate about what Disney ultimately wants to do with them. But you know, like we said, they've got Disney Plus coming, and we know that what they want to do with Hulu, and we know that Bob Iger, who's the the CEO of Disney, wants to make Hulu a bigger player on the global stage. So uh, they certainly care a lot about Hulu, and I, I guess it's just going to mean, I guess he's going to have to put his money where his mouth is and show how much he actually cares about it, <laughs> uh, buying out these people, you know, with their the stakes that they currently own.
1: And I think it is. Very beneficial to them because Hulu has a ton of subscribers and, you know, like Warner, uh, they're going to have to start from scratch with their new streaming service. So maybe there's even a way for Disney to leverage those subscribers to do like some kind of package deal to get those subscribers over to their new Disney Plus service. Is what I'm.
0: Uh, yeah, that's possible. They they could definitely, you know, yeah, exactly. They could they could theoretically offer some sort of deal where, like, if you pay this price every month, you get access to Hulu and Disney Plus, um, and you know, just leave Warner Brothers in the dust trying to build their own uh, streaming service from from the ground up. So um, that that seems very plausible to me.
1: I think that's probably one of the motivations because you know, if someone's subscribing to one streaming service. Obviously, you know, they are people that are interested in watching and binging stuff on streaming services. So being able to leverage that into their new streaming service makes sense. And also, um, you know, they're going to need a home for all this like adult or more adult orientated content from, you know, the Fox library. And Hulu seems like the perfect place to put it. Um, okay. Let's, uh, speaking of Disney and their streaming services, let's talk about something they announced yesterday and they're going to have a TV series on Disney Plus that focuses on the Disney villains. Ben, what do we know?
0: Yeah, it's called Book of Enchantment, and it is a an original series coming to Disney+. Plus. I think it's going to be live-action. I don't think they technically specified that in the report, but it, it seems very, very likely that it's going to be a live-action show. This is a new drama that's based on author Serena Valentino's book series, which in the past has focused on characters like the Evil Queen from Snow White, the Beast from Beauty and the Beast, Ursula from Little Mermaid, Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty, and uh, Mother Gothel from Tangled. So uh, the show... About apparently has been in the works for months and somebody named Michael Seitzman is leading the charge. He's going to be uh, the writer producer um, on this series. He, for those of you who may not recognize his name is also spearheading the John Grisham universe over at Hulu. So he's working on shows like the rainmaker and rogue lawyer, but uh, yeah, we've got a Disney villains show in the works and Peter, I know you, you as a big (laughs) big Disney fan could probably speak to like the popularity of these characters overall.
1: Oh, they're hugely popular. If you go to the Disney parks, like you know Disney, there's there's tons of fans of just the Disney villains. I just wonder, and and you know, obviously Disney has tried to um, use that for their benefit in movies. You know, they've had movies about uh, about some of the Disney villains, like Maleficent. Um, but don't they have like those movies called
2: like The Descendants or something, where it's yes. like. I was going to say like isn't that just that Yeah that's a Disney is?
1: channel movie I've never actually seen any of those I'm assuming that this is going to be of the same quality of that well, it's
0: yeah. Though the, technically, the Descendants are about the kids of the villains, and these uh, this show is apparently yes. going to be about the villains themselves. But yeah, it, it very much seems like basically the oh, same concept. Yeah. That, um, that makes sense. Yeah. And also, like they Disney has done something like this uh, a little similar with uh, Once Upon a Time, which is on ABC, which is the Disney owned network, and that that's another show that sort of takes live action fairy tale characters and and puts them into a new context. So um, this is this is very familiar territory for them. And I I feel like it's just another way for them to, like, boost the merchandising of these of these villain
1: characters. Yeah, I I think I think we've only seen the tip of the iceberg of all this content that Disney Plus is going to launch. Like, I feel like they're they're trying to utilize every arm of that company you know they're they're tapping into S- star wars and lucasfilm maybe they'll have like something indiana jones i don't know uh they're they're tapping into marvel they're tapping into you know the disney um fairy tales uh it, it makes me wonder you know like are we gonna get uh, anything from pixar involved here uh, I, I mean, obviously, we are because they, we know that the the service is going to be split into, like, these mini lands and there's going to be, like, a Pixar land and stuff like that. Um, but I, I have a feeling that uh, what we've learned so far is just, like, the beginning. I, I think we're going to get a lot more. Uh, but, okay, let's, uh, let's talk about Walking Dead. Um, you know, before we started recording, I said if we got to this point and we had gone over 30 minutes. We wouldn't talk about the story, and Chris was kind of excited about that. But I'm sorry, Chris. (gasps) We need to talk about The Walking Dead story.
2: (laughs) All right, that's fine. Um, So The Walking Dead, uh, everyone knows about that show. Everyone is aware of it. And even though it's still a big hit for AMC, the ratings have gone uh, considerably downhill. For instance, new episodes premiered this month. It started back. It was like the mid season premiere and the mid season premiere this year had uh, its audience was down 44% compared to the mid season premiere last year. So that's, that's a huge drop off. It's almost half the audience gone. And, you know, so despite all this, AMC does not want to give up on the walking dead or anything walking dead related, probably because it's, it's like they're the only show they have right now that everyone knows about. They don't have stuff like they used to, where you know, with Breaking Bad and uh, Mad Men, where you know, those were shows people were aware of. Uh, the Walking Dead franchise is pretty much the only thing that's universally known. So they already have one Walking Dead spinoff. It's called Fear the Walking Dead, and even though no one talks about that, I can't remember the last time I, I heard anyone Although talking about I, that. I,
1: I have heard from people that do watch that show that it is a lot better than the you know, the original series.
2: You know, if, if they say so, but I, I, I'll say this much, you know, when I look on Twitter, I see people still talking about the walking dead. I don't really ever see anyone talking about fear the walking dead, but despite that, uh, AMC is now working on yet another spinoff. We don't really know what it's going to be about. We just know that they're like in the in active development is the quote AMC said right now they they have people in place they have a good feeling about the show um they have the creative team involved already we don't know who they are but they're involved so they're slowly putting a, yet
1: another spin-off together like how can you make this different than you know the walking dead shows the post zombie apocalypse the fear of the walking dead kind of shows it as it happened you know while it was starting to break out what else can you do just show other factions in this universe or like maybe like the far future where like i don't really know
2: i i I don't know where the walking dead is right now as a show but maybe they could jump like hundreds of years (laughs) in the future after like society has slowly like rebuilt itself but it's like this i I think actually
1: hearing I, i think jacob told us that the comics are actually currently doing that That, like, it's, like, in the future where they're, like, trying to rebuild and stuff. Is it, like, that far in the future, though? Like, hundreds of years? No. No. See, like, that's what I'm
2: saying. It should be, like, and they could be, like, remember in the olden days when there was zombies, and then, like, the zombie outbreak can start again.
0: It's like, "Uh uh-oh, here we go again. Or, Chris, the other way, a prequel show where zombies are, like, riding around on dinosaur backs, and then the meteor comes and obliterates dinosaurs and zombies, paving the way for normal society to rise, and then the zombie outbreak to begin as if it's the first time in the first show.
2: Oh, I like that. Or, like, it's the Revolutionary War, and the zombies join up with George Washington's army to fight the Redcoats.
1: Or, or, or what if they, and I wouldn't put, them, put it beyond them, what if they just do, like, a Rick prequel series, so it's, like, him as, like, what was he a cop or park ranger or something sheriff yeah yeah so so it's just like him as a young sheriff like in you know there's no zombies to be seen anywhere it's just just, a cop show
0: he's a crossing guard at his elementary school it's a it's a very young it's like young sheldon but young rick
1: it's it's john McQueen, year (laughs) one right there
2: yeah all right we just all right amc i hope you were listening we just gave you several (laughs) ideas for other shows
1: (laughs) I, I think one of my favorite parts of the show, I'm not sure how listeners feel about this, is when we try to imagine ideas for these these concepts, these ridiculous concepts that Hollywood comes up with. Um, and I hope you guys out there appreciate it because uh, it's 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 one of the things I enjoy the most. Uh, Chris, where can people find more of your work online?
2: Uh, I'm at Slash Film every day and I'm on Twitter at C Evangelista
1: 413 Ben, where can we find you? You can check out my writing at slashhome.com and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ben Pears. You can find me at SlashFilm on all social media. You can find all the stories we talked about on today's podcast on the website and linked in the show notes. This podcast, SlashFilm Daily, is published every weekday on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send to your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at com, and please head on over to our iTunes page. Write us a five-star review. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And we'll see you tomorrow.